to the FWG News Podcast for June 2022. I'm Resolute Public Relations Officer for the FWG. And I'm Kate Shaw, Vice President of the Guild. Just to keep everyone up to date, we have officially begun the first step in getting nonprofit status for the Guild. Woo-hoo. It's a slow process. That is a super slow process. But as we mentioned last month, if all goes smoothly, we should have nonprofit status by the end of the year. Excellent news. Yes, I'm very excited about this and also very nervous because I'm the one doing the paperwork. (laughs) (laughs) I, I and many others believe in you. Here's our market roundup for June. We have some new markets this month. There are still two anthologies by Armored Fox Press seeking submissions along with a new one. There is a furry horror erotica anthology with a tentative release date of 2023. Deadline is when full. Istakai Me, where the protagonist or integral character must have been transported to a different world. Deadline, also in full. And then Children of the Night, which features goth furries. And the deadline for that is also when full. Then there is Omer by Red Ferret Press. Deadline is ongoing. They have various themes throughout. Then Ferverzine is accepting submissions for its second issue. The first issue is available online if you want to check it out. Thurston Howell is accepting submissions for Happy Howl-A-Days, a furry advent calendar, an anthology of holiday-themed flash fiction. Deadline for that is September 8th. Then the Voice of Dog podcast is always open to story submission and is especially eager to feature diverse voices, especially since, you know, this is Pride Month. And as always, you can view our Furry Writers Market on the FWG website for more details and to keep up to date on open markets. It's good to see a few more anthologies opening up. I I need to find time to write a story. Yeah, I kind of got into a bit of a rut because I finished a, you know, nearly 30,000 word story like a month back. And then I kind of didn't pick up the other one that I was working on (laughs) Um, after finishing a couple, you know, hammering out a couple outlines to other stories. So I am trying to get myself back into that habit of just blocking out a little bit of time, at least in writing even if it's just, you know, 50, 100 words, whatever, it's more than I had before. That's a really good plan. Because we all have little bits of downtime during the day. Exactly. Next, we have an interview with Roan Rosser, whose book Red Pandemonium has just been released as this episode goes live. And as you'll hear in the interview, I had no idea that Roan Rosser is already known to me. <laughs> <laughs> It's the pin name of somebody that we all know and love. Welcome back to Ian Madison Keller, who is also Roan Rosser. And I did not know this when I asked you for an interview. So welcome back. And I'm really glad to hear about this. So you have a new book coming out on June 13th. Yes. While we're recording this interview early, the book should be out by the time this episode goes live. So tell us a little about the book so people will want to rush out and buy a copy. Okay. Um, Well, my main inspiration for writing this was I wanted to write about a magical red panda. Well, who doesn't? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Who doesn't want to write about a magical (laughs) red panda? Um, But then then I started thinking about how I could get this red panda into the world. And... 
I'm like, well, where do magical red pandas come from? What if it comes out of nothing? This mage acts like accidentally creates it at the beginning of the book. And, and then from there, I, I'm kind of a discovery writer. So I just let myself go nuts and like every crazy thing I could think of, I put in, <laughs> I put in this book. It's, it ended up humorous urban fantasy because this mage is running around Portland doing all sorts of wild magic and the magical police are trying to like running around trying to stop them. And <laughs> I do have to ask, and I, uh-huh. I thought about this and I thought, no, because I'm curious. Have you seen Turning Red? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. I, I wrote this um, before I'd heard of Turning Red. I actually wrote this for um, NaNoWriMo last year. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And so Turning Red, I really liked Turning Red. I, I wasn't a big fan of the red panda design, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. Like, but it was, was it so, so cute. <laughs> it was so cute, but it was just like the fact that it was round and huge, it reminded me more of a panda that was red. Almost like Totoro. Yeah, like Totoro. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I did like the movie. It was fun. I mean, there's probably not a whole lot of overlap in the audience between your book and, and the movie, but maybe because I liked the movie and I'm going to get this book and read it and read the heck out of it. So. <laughs> yeah, maybe people who like red pandas. Which is pretty much so. everyone, honestly. <laughs> probably. I mean, well, no, there's, there's not really much to dislike about red pandas. That's true. So. And if you meet someone who doesn't like them, they either have a really good story to tell or you can't trust them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Red Pandemonium is the first book in a new series. So yes. have you started work on a sequel yet? Uh, I have. I am almost finished writing the sequel, the first draft. It's tentatively titled Pandora's Fox. I, yes, love it, love it. Um, it involves a kitsune. And it's, the kitsune is actually a, a recurring character who shows up in the first book as well. Um, I don't want to tell you who the kitsune is from the first book because it's kind of a secret until partway yeah, don't through. Don't spoil so, anything. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but <laughs> uh, the Kitsune returns and drags um, Max, the main character, back into trouble. And it involves a treasure hunt around Portland. Oh my gosh, right. that sounds like so much fun. So in addition to the Red Panda, I mentioned it's got a Kitsune. Uh, there is a Phoenix. I won't say who these characters are, but there's a Phoenix character. There is a pair of unicorns that shows up at one point and becomes a major part of the book. Uh, there are elves, there's a troll. Red Pandemonium is a very apt title. Uh, this book is a lot going on. I had some questions that I had put together before before you showed up on my feed. I'm like, wait, I know this guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> let me just ask this question because I think you'll probably find it kind of amusing. Um, your yeah. books are urban fantasy, but they're, they've all yes. got anthro elements. Um, do you consider yourself a furry writer specifically, or is that just one of your interests that finds its way into your novels? <laughs> Discuss. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I definitely find myself, uh, I'm, I'm a furry writer. Good. Um, and I, I put these under a pseudonym because the main characters are all human. And I'm trying to separate a little bit more from my writing that has anthro characters. Because the characters in these novels are either shifters who can change form between a human and an animal or they're like talking animals the the red panda is a red panda who talks there's also a a squirrel familiar who belongs to um the witch character from the book who plays a bigger part in the short story that i wrote that you can actually get now so the short story is called diamond in the rat and it is (laughs) a furry heist story so it's all all the animal characters from the 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 book get together 
and are robbing an antique store to get a diamond rat that is sentient. They're trying to rescue it. So the the point of view character in that story is the red panda. Uh, so red pandavonium, the point of view character through the whole novel is Max, um, the mage who created the red panda. Uh, so the short story is a chance to see things from the, the red panda's point of view. And the short story <laughs> is up on Book Funnel right now. So it's it's free to download. You can just go download it and read it. <laughs> Get excited about the book. It takes place after the first book. Is it okay to read it alone or should I wait? Yeah, you can read it alone. Um, there's just some things like there's there's a couple jokes that you won't get if you haven't read the book. So in other words, read the short story first. And then when the book comes out, read the book and then read the short story again and get all the jokes. Do you find it hard to switch between writing long and short fiction? I, I do struggle with that. And so I've kind of gone back and forth. Like some some years I'll work a lot more on short fiction like 2020, I mostly worked on short fiction and novellas. I didn't, I didn't write anything longer than like 20,000 words. And, and then this, this last year and a half, I've gone back to writing longer fiction because I wrote Red Pandemonium and then I've been writing um, the, the sequel to Red Pandemonium. And I've also been writing what will maybe be the fourth book in the Changing Bodies, the vampire series, or maybe a spinoff series with new series name, but in the same world. So I haven't decided yet. <laughs> I'm still... I haven't written very much on it. That actually is a good um, opening because I meant to ask you about the Changing Bodies series. You want to talk a little bit about that? Because they also look really good. Yeah, those were um, the first two originally published by um, Fanged Fiction, which was the adult imprint of Gold Publications that shut down earlier this year. And I had had book three ready to go and give to them when the, the shutdown announcement came. So I'm republishing the first two books and then I'm publishing the third book, which has never been published before. When is the third book coming out or is it out yet? The third book's coming out in August. Um, it's it's still with the editor. It hasn't been edited yet. So I was thinking the goal would edit it and then they went under. Oh, so Yeah, that's so sad. There's so many authors yeah. in the same situation, I'm sure. Um, yeah. So August is the release date. So that gives us plenty of time to catch up on the first two. <laughs> yes, it comes out, I think. I don't remember what day I said in August, the middle of August, like 13th or 14th, I think. There are definitely anthro elements with those, right? Yeah, there's anthro elements because while the main character is a vampire, um, his boyfriend is a jackal, So he shifts, he can become a jackal or he also has an in-between form that's like a more traditional werewolf, except he's a jackal. Jackal man. Jackal man, yeah. And then um, <laughs> in the first book, he, he takes jackal forms a few times. In the second book, um, I added him as a point of view character. He wasn't in the first book. And we get a few scenes like where there's one scene in the second book where he takes Everett, the main character is a vampire, to a shifter picnic. And so there's a whole <laughs> there's a whole bunch of shifters who are all in animal form running around. I want to go to that picnic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was, it, like like talk about a furry meat. Yeah. It's like basically a furry meat, but they can all turn into they can all turn into awesome. their animal forms and run around. You're working on the sequel and you've got the yeah editing to do for your other book do you have any other projects going though you are a busy busy person i do have a few more projects going well i do struggle to switch between novels and short stories i have actually written a few short stories in the in the last year um one of them just came out in mer tales um well that was that's under my other pen name i guess I, i'm getting confused. <laughs> you're confusing me i know i'm easily confused but i also wrote well, I, I wrote a short story in the Changing Bodies world as well. 
um, that's kind of a prequel uh, about the Jackal when he first becomes a shifter. Because he's he's only been a shifter for about a year before the beginning of the novel. And so I went back and kind of wrote a prequel story about how he discovered he was a shifter and how he ended up in Portland. Urban fantasy and the sort of the paranormal romance kind of offshoot of that. It just seemed like for a long time it got so formulaic and I stopped reading them and now I'm going back to them. I'm like, oh my gosh, these are so much fun. Yeah. And I think the indie publishing scene has really helped that. Yeah, definitely. They got so formulaic, I think, because that's what people expected for a while. Yeah. You know, you had to have the werewolf, you had to have the vampire and they were both like in a love triangle with the main character who's usually a spunky woman, which that's fine. I'm all about <laughs> spunky women, but, you know, maybe change it up just a little bit. Yeah. These are queer fantasies also? Yeah, they're queer fantasies. Um, the main character of both of both Red Pandemonium and the Changing Bodies Vampire series are uh, trans men. And um, in the Changing Bodies series, the, the romance is, um, is gay, is male-male. Red Pandemonium is a bisexual love triangle. That's going to be way more fun than the regular spunky female and the two suitors. <laughs> yeah. and I, um, It gets more complicated. Yeah, too. it's more complicated than that. Um, the main character has a crush on several of the guys during the course of the book. And he also has a crush on one of the one of the girl characters during the course of the book. So I kind of end up having a love triangle going with both <laughs> both male and female love interests that's great though because that, you can add so much drama and that that plays out more in the second book as well it ends up coming to head at, at the end of the, the first book and then spills over into it comes a subplot in the second book of this this love triangle continues basically cliffhangers yes there's a bit of a cliffhanger <laughs> with, the, with, with the romance People should be able to find your books. They should know you. But just in case they don't, um, how where can people find your writing? They can find it everywhere. It's I put the ebooks up for pre-order in every um, ebook store. There, I also have a website, um, roanrosser.com, and you can go there. And I have links with all the books and links to the pre-orders. Um, and I also have links there to download the two short stories that I mentioned, which are Diamond in the Rat, which is the short story, Red Panda short story, and then. Um, Jackal of Hearts is the short story with the about the Jackal. That's the prequel. I will definitely put links in the show notes too, so people can just click through and yeah. immediately go to find your page. And I do not have a pre-order up yet for Pandora's Fox because it stresses me out too much to have a pre-order up before I have the book done. <laughs> <laughs> even if even if it's not edited yet, I I, I don't mind that, but I, I have to have at least a book done. Um, which it might it might happen soon. It's like I said, I'm I'm almost done writing it. So once that happens, I'll I'll throw up a pre-order for the second book as well. Thanks so much to Roan, aka Ian, for joining us this month. So conventions are back, uh, sort of, and sort of. I'm yeah I'm cautiously attending several this summer. Last weekend, as we record, I was at Con Carolinas, which is not a furry convention, but there were some furries there, so that was kind of neat. Uh, I got to see <laughs> some really cute fursuits. So, are you a convention goer, Resolute? Oh, uh, just to touch on the, you know, even though it's not a furry convention, it's mm -hmm. like I, I need to make a meme of that um, one scene from, like, I think it's either Casino Royale or the sequel or whatever, where. 
they're interrogating that one guy. It's like, well, the first thing you have to understand about us is we have people everywhere. <laughs> and that's basically the furry fandom in a nutshell. It's yes. Like, we, we, we are, we are the most dangerous because we, we are among all classes of society. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, anyway, to get back to your question, mm-hmm. I am a convention goer. I, um, loved to frequent, you know, before the dark times, um, <laughs> personally and globally. Loved to frequent, in particular, um, Midwest Fur Fest was my first convention, which was definitely a chaotic experience. Um, <laughs> but once I had um, a solid friend group to hang out with, it was more manageable, but still chaotic because of ginormous. <laughs> then there's... Um, TFF, Texas Furry Fiesta, Denver, because um, RMFC went by the wayside. And on the one hand, it's a shame that, you know, you always hate to see a convention go down. But at the same time, given who was running it, given the behind the scenes stuff, good riddance. <laughs> but yeah, Denver... Um, we have Anthro Ohio here that I got to go for, to for a day in Ohio, mm-hmm. um, in Columbus, Ohio. A um, couple other furry conventions that I want to go to. Like I, um, BLFC just happened. I have not gotten to go to that yet. A couple others like um, Further Confusion. I, and, and I think the big one that I want to go to one year, at least just to have gone there, um, of course, Anthrocon. Guess who's going to Anthrocon? I totally did not read time. this in the uh, <laughs> in the show notes, so I totally didn't read ahead and wait. I was to... so excited because I thought, oh, he's going to mention Anthrocon. <laughs> I'm going to mention Anthrocon last because such a professional set. <laughs> Yes, I am going to Anthrocon. I have been trying to get there since uh, I got a ticket early 2020 and thought, yes, I'm finally going. Yeah. And we all know what happened after that. But it's still happening. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it seems like the convention is going to really be on this year. So I'm excited. I actually. I'm I'm not the fursuiting type. I don't even mm-hmm. until recently I didn't even have like ears or tail. Um but I do now. I just ordered them. Nice. Yeah, I I really hope the tail gets here in time. I have the ears, so Yeah, I I bought a pair of like paws and arm sleeves a while back, but problem is it's like, you know, you kind of have to have other things to go with it because otherwise it's just like it makes your profile all weird. And- yeah. And I I thought about, like, just really getting a partial. Because um, mm-hmm. once you've spent money on a really high-quality tail, it's like, I might as well just get, you know, get a the, head to. Get more. Yeah, but I sweat so much to start with, and it's summer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to go around all sweaty. Uh, Both of the medications that I'm on regular are side-effect sweating. Oh, no, that's even worse. Oh, my gosh. But at least the ears are okay, and I like them. They're cute. I'll probably end up with more, depend on, <laughs> depending on, well, depending on how much money I have after the drive up with gas prices. But oh, we'll goodness. see. And, and depending on if I can find anything I really like in the dealer's hall, which I guarantee you I will. <laughs> I'm going to come home so broke, but I'm going to look really cute. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, <laughs> conventions for me, it's like I, I these days I gravitate towards the uh, booksellers. Yeah. And they're like, oh, what are you looking for? I'm like, don't say one of everything. Don't say one of everything. Don't say one of everything. <laughs> I actually, when I was at Con Carolinas, I actually had a, an author's table. Um, I nice. was on some uh, panels, which was a lot of fun. I had a great time. But I had the biggest trouble because I'm about to move. So mm -hmm. I didn't want to come home with a lot of new books. I'm trying to mm. sift through my books and decide what I want to keep. Yeah, I... I Came home with a lot of new books. <laughs> if I ever get like my dream home type of thing, it's going to have a library room. Is it going to be like one of those with the sliding ladder? Um, <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually not wondering if you could do like sliding bookshelves or something because oh, and you could have like bookshelves behind the bookshelves. Yeah. Mostly because I'm going to need all that room. <laughs> yeah. Well, you could have a secret room behind one of the bookshelves where if you I see somebody coming that you don't want to talk to, you just go like, I'm going to read for a while and you just hide mm. in the room. <laughs> I, I will not confirm or deny the um, additional presence of a um, secret room in the library room. <laughs> well, I think a library room really needs a secret room anyway. <laughs> <laughs> to, 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 to narrate for the people who can't watch us on webcam, I am nodding profusely as we're talking about the secret room. <laughs> I hope everybody has a great convention season. We would love to hear about where you're going. Um, and also, anybody who's listening who's going to Anthrocon, I literally will not know a single person there, as far as I know. So oh. I would love to meet up with anybody. I will talk your ear off, but I'm a very pleasant person. <laughs> Meeting people at conventions is always difficult because everyone has various plans and then plans change and everything like that. Especially a big convention like this where oh, there's goodness. so much going on all at yes. once. I don't mind doing stuff on my own, so but it's okay. always more That's fun good. if you're with somebody just, you know, to say, oh, let's run down there and get some pizza and talk about <laughs> books or whatever. Yeah, so. basically 60% of my con experience anymore is just hanging out with friends. And, yeah. Oh, I, I will be absolutely f shocked <laughs> and flabbergasted if no one else from the FWG is there. Like I, I will say that right now, it's it's an impossibility that yeah, there will not simply there no will way. be uh, there will be other <laughs> yeah whether we can actually get together and talk is another mm -hmm. thing with everybody running hither and thither, but maybe I like I said <laughs> I have no idea if I would be able to make it out, but would love to meet up folks if I do. Oh yeah, it's a very big if. Yeah, well that would be awesome. It would. <laughs> And yeah, for anyone else who's going to conventions, um, of course, stay safe. Um, you know, we, I've been tired of it since April of 2020, but there is still a pandemic going on. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that, um, what was it? Furry Weekend Atlanta mm -hmm. and, um, just now BLFC have had some issues with, um, spreader events. So, you know, you're, Fun is not worth your health. Take no. what precautions you can. Have fun, but be safe. Exactly. And um, I tried to wear a mask uh, the whole time at Con Carolinas. I I didn't eat in restaurants. Um, I mm -hmm. got 
food good to go and ate it outside. So, you know, little things like that, you can make it a little safer. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's there are still things you can do. Yeah. And still have fun. For more information about what's going on in the Guild and the larger furry community, or for information about joining the Guild, visit our website at furrywritersguild.com. You can find furry market listings, links to our Discord and other social media, and the forums, which are open to everyone. So, thank you for listening to the FWG News Podcast. Until next time, if you're looking for a sign to start writing, this is it.